Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm talking to you tonight, uh, joined by my good friends, Sue Timberlake and John Roberts. Hey, hello. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be talking about all the really fun political news. And then when that's over, we'll talk about, for the rest of the show, about all the terrible political news. And guess which part of the show <laughs> will be longer. Hey. Yay. Um, uh, we chose this for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> we chose this for ourselves and for you, the people. Turn back now. Didn't save we... yourselves. <laughs> Didn't we think it would be easier once Trump was gone? Yes. For some yeah. reason, we we have topics besides him, but they're, some of them are so tough. Yeah. I mean, it, it, technically, it is. Uh, every week, we are able to talk about different topics. Yes. Like... Over the past couple couple weeks, we've been able to talk about like the gun violence and everything, and um, we haven't we didn't mention a lot about the president's words about gun violence because they were you know expected. Normal. Yeah, they were they were like what a normal politician would say, and not like we did so many guns out on the street because China. And the yeah. virus or something stupid, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and we're we were able to um, <clears throat> we're able to uh, uh, interview people and everything. It's like, yeah, we it, it's it's definitely easier. It's definitely it's better, it's more diversified. <laughs> yeah, it, we don't have to deal with the fire hose. Well, and Joe uh, Biden, <laughs> Joe Biden's heart actually is capable of compassion and empathy. You know, whereas yeah. his predecessor, like, you know, he might as well be, you know, the flaming eye of Sauron for all his ability to be like, oh, man, that's tough for you. I really feel for you. You know, it's like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, for real. I, 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 I agree with you guys that Joe Biden's a very compassionate guy, but I would just like him to just be a little more upbeat or inspiring. It's it's. Yeah, it's, he's Can so he? good at a funeral, but it's like, oh God! And I know we've had a lot of funerals, but I just, you know, I just want another facet to my president. I, he's such a, you know, honestly, in terms he, of in terms of his actual personal charisma and whatnot, he reminds me a lot of the first President Bush, just sort of like a, you know, he's there and he's talking, and you know, he's saying some of the right <laughs> things and. Sometimes it's like, I agree with that sentiment. Yes. But, you know, I'm not. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> that vision thing the, he never had. Here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, to be, and, and I'm going to be quite honest here. Sue, what is there to be upbeat about? Fair enough. Like this year, just this year, what is there to be upbeat about? Just. Well, I don't want to do the Democrats work for you guys, but. Look at the job creation. Yeah. Look at the businesses that are coming back online. I, Look at the folks that can find jobs. Uh, myself uh, included. No, yeah. I, I, I absolutely. The Democratic Party 
uh, actually gives a crap about running things and uh, is therefore doing an okay job of trying to actually run the federal government, which is a huge driver of the U.S. economy. I mean, that's that's yeah. absolutely true. Plus, there is a lot of job know, choice for for workers now. That is very true. Plus, you know, infrastructure. It's it's people pretty can clear. negotiate better wages. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, you know, the NLRB is actually not actively trying to break, bust up unions and, um, you know, and, and to be fair, uh, the National how much Labor worse, Relations Board busts up unions. Well, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Think how much worse the um, war in Ukraine would be uh, if uh, Biden weren't president, if his predecessor oh, it'd were. Be over. It probably it might Nobody well be over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah now uh, it very likely would be over. Certainly, it would be much, much worse. You know, like it, like Russia for would the have, Ukrainians, yes. Yeah, well, they would yeah. have just grabbed them. Yeah, and the wheat, they would have taken all the wheat and they'd be selling it on the market with the Russian yeah. markup. Well, and it, you know, I think to some degree, as we've talked about this philosophically, there's sort of the long slog of trying to do the right thing, and then sometimes it's just you know, the power bullies that get things done. And it's, sometimes it seems like we only have those two choices. Yeah. You know, either nothing happens or the wrong things happen very quickly. We, so. we are in a, we are, we are in a government. We are, we have a government right now that is focused on maintaining. It's focused on um, making, making things run. And mm-hmm. making sure that things that nobody is actively trying to break things, uh, which is good. But, but like I've said, it like yeah, like I've said over the past, you know, since we've started, it's not enough. Yeah. We are not at a point where maintaining is enough because we ha- we still have an opposition party that is trying that its whole focus is trying to break down government and make it not work. So, yeah. There are there are benefits and I'm not going to say that the the administration or Congress is doing a terrible job, like a horrible horrible job like they did for the past like 4 years or like the past like administration. But the 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 wins that we've that we've experienced and the benefits that we that we're experiencing now, they kind of pale in comparison to the issues that aren't being addressed. And this is why the Democrats are so in trouble yes. this this November. I there I agree. have been no yeah. big wins. It's all been like in the like background stuff that needs to happen, you know. They're this is the only thing I can they're making the trains run on time, you know. <laughs> you know, Joe Biden did a good thing when he derailed the Abbott train, the Abbott, you know, the folks that make infant formula. I mean, there was a long history there of, you know, a, a whistleblower and the FDA themselves having issues with Abbott and they controlled what 40% of the market. And so for some reason the FDA didn't really shut them down until they had to. And of course that created a huge shortage of baby formula, but you know, Abbott is Abbott is too big to fail in that particular marketplace. And, you know, you need to do something about it. So I mean it is good. I think, you know, Joe Biden really derailed the derailed the train. 
but he did it intentionally. And it, you know, it created a big problem because the rest of the systems weren't in place that would normally do something about that. But so sometimes you do kind of have to stop the trains. So I think that's a good thing. That is a good thing. The thing is that um, the warnings that Abbott had received, uh, you know, they were, there were warnings and people were saying, Oh, you need to like clean this up. But the, I don't know if the FDA had any power to do anything until, until a certain point. Or it does. Yeah. I mean, well, the FDA has no funding anyway. The FDA like, has no funding and uh, often doesn't have the um, staffing to put uh, inspectors uh, in, you know, in food food lines and in places where food is made and packaged and so forth. Incidentally, I just want to mention there's a, a show on Netflix that just came out recently called The G Word, and it's by Adam Conover, the guy who did Adam Ruins Everything. Oh, he's basically a, like a five or six episode thing where he's looking at uh how the u.s federal government works um you know it's in the style of his show adam ruins everything i've watched the first two or three episodes it's really entertaining i had and, no idea yeah yeah and he's talking you know and he, he gets a, the first one he's looking at food and food safety and and how the government policies surrounding food and you know the, the there are things the government does really well and that are really uh, important and vital and, and things the government does badly. And, you know, he, he's, he's, you know, I think does a really good job of looking at how uh, the government functions and why it functions the way it does and the pluses and minuses thereof. And, uh, you know, at least maybe has some thoughts about how to, how to, how to fix it. Um Adam so Ruins it's, it's, Everything was one of my favorite shows, so I I am excited to to try to watch this thing. Yeah, and this is uh this is actually if you remember there was people you know uh, right wingers were sneering that you know Barack and Michelle Obama oh, you get a production deal at Netflix. Well, this is one of their shows. They're the executive producers. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, I never understood that. I was like, who cares? Why do you care? Well, I mean, it, I understand being bitterly jealous of how cool and suave the uh, and and fashionable and just great the Obamas are. Because I mean, you know, they're so good looking and fit and young and cooler than you are. You know, I mean, I must really, you know, annoy the heck out of a whole bunch of stodgy white conservatives. You know. And after the show, Mike is going to have to take cold shower. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Down, boy. <laughs> I don't think they have an open marriage, so I mean, I might be wrong. You might have a shot. However. In my in my fanfic uh, canon, they do, but you know, it's... <laughs> your presidential fanfic. Oh my god, no, no. Look, there's some some hijinks with the time machine at Area 51. You know, it's all good. <laughs> anyway. God, that seems intense. Speaking of, uh, we should probably government, since we're pre-recording, can we cut all this stuff out? Because it's going to be really embarrassing. To no, me. <laughs> it's very it. No, yeah, you're busted. Oh, my, public, I'm gonna my dreams of public myself. office are gone. <laughs> this will play over and over and over and over right. again. You know what? Like when <laughs> Stefan said he liked guns. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I, I, I still have that clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta I get mean, Stefan back on so we can we can get new dirt on him, you know. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we love um, you, Stefan. 
anyway, anyway uh, go, going back to things. going back to like like we need ignoring like subpoenas. Jeez, <laughs> I was gonna say with Biden, like there's I, I really want him to be upbeat about something. I want them to do yeah. something. The problem is that the only things that he can do are executive orders and things that can be immediately be reversed there's no and then there's like a bunch of horrible stuff that's happening at the state level that he has no control over right uh and the congress is to do something exactly you know and and you know uh, one thing people are rightly upset about is gasoline has gotten very expensive and a lot of people really depend on their cars and transport Mm -hmm. and so forth yeah of course by design yeah, and of course, the president has no real ability to control uh, gas prices or even significantly influence them. I would just mm-hmm. like to like to say uh, you're absolutely you're absolutely right, and um, uh, I I don't want to deflect blame away from the uh, resolute obstructionism of the Republican Party. You know, if even one of the fifty senators in the in the Senate uh, or uh, would you know break ranks and actually like do the right thing for the country? Uh, a, a great things could happen, but you know I think if there's one thing we can count on, it's a Republican senator will not do the right thing, or a um, Democratic senator. Well, and so the Democratic Party, I, I think the problem with the Democratic Party isn't that they are hell bent on breaking things, which is what the Republicans are. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Sue, but the Democrats have the opportunity if they would just uh you know band together and use the power they have they could get all kinds of laws passed do all kinds of good things but there are uh pivotal uh uh members of especially the senate delegation but also speaker nancy pelosi um and steny hoyer and other leaders in the uh um in the house and the democratic uh, leadership in the house who just who are you know past their time and refuse to accept that things have changed and that we're in a crisis situation and that the way they've been doing things for a long time isn't good enough anymore uh there's a a great profile on um senator diane feinstein that i i sent to you guys and i i we should throw it in the show notes because i thought it was pretty good i definitely will um, and just, you know, she, she refuses to get rid of the filibuster, uh, because she just doesn't see that there's a crisis. Like she's like, well, you know, institutionally things will work out, you know, like you got to take the long view and whatnot. And, you know, even to protect, uh, uh, reproductive justice to allow women, you know, people who can get pregnant to control their own bodies, uh, uh, and she's well aware of the coming ruling from the Supreme Court, and she just doesn't see that there's a need to address that. And I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, like the Democrats could do so much if only uh, they weren't being hamstrung by, uh, you know, octogenarian dead weight within the party. Two two quick things. One is, um, mm-hmm. you know. Part of what's the problem at the moment is there's a lot of things that are being ignored, just like Abbott, you know, Abbott ignored food, with the mean? FDA, Abbott baby formula yeah, yeah. company. Because well, Abbott Nutrition. Company. Abbott was, Nutrition, yeah. Abbott <laughs> Nutrition. I was just, you know, because there's another problem named Abbott, but he's the governor of Texas and, you know, 
but that's a whole yep. other thing. <laughs> yes, and, Abbott, and Abbott has a line of lab products that work great. So that's oh, a different issue. But sure. so the Abbott baby food, the FDA, you know, issues recalls, they sort of have a hammer or a stick, right? I mean, a mm-hmm. big hammer or they can't do much. Mm-hmm. That the fact that Abbott could just ignore them is a problem. The same way that Navarro is Absolutely. just Peter Navarro is just ignoring the subpoenas that are basically undermining the power of Congress. And it seems like there's a lot of structures right now that are being undermined by, there's just to, to quote somebody who I don't usually quote, nobody seems to feel the, the fierce urgency of now. Mm. And you guys probably know who said that, but I don't climate, climate change, Martin Luther King, climate change. I think, um, Clinton said it in her campaign, and then Obama started saying it in his campaign against her. But mm. it, it, there is a fierce urgency of now, and you know we all feel it. It feels even for us old old farts. Um, there is a fierce urgency, and I think you're right. I think a lot of folks, you know, the systems have worked for them. They're comfortable enough, and they don't have any skin in the game. You know, gas isn't killing them. You know, they're probably driven to work. So I I think there is sort of a, I I mean, I think this is where you count on the youth, right? You count on people who are young to be hungry and try and turn over the apple cart and force and force change before, you know, we we burn out the Mother Earth that we live on. I agree. Well, I think the key is youth is often an indicator, but not always. It's 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 engagement. It's willingness to recognize that the, the world is dynamic and changing and that what was a great idea in 1960 might be a terrible idea in 2020. And that's okay. You know, we got to, we got to move and shift with the times. And, um, you know, I think Bernie Sanders is a great example. I mean, admittedly, he's sort of been singing the same tune for a long time, but you know, he's been singing the same tune and like, Hey, look at this problem. You know, if we, did things to help people if we had you know healthcare for all think about what a great boon that would be you know he's 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 continued to be engaged um and i i have similar praise for senator elizabeth warren you know it's not that they're it's not that they all have to be as young as aoc or ayanna presley but they have to be you know engaged and connected to what people care about and i don't really think that applies to uh, a lot of the democratic leadership and that's that's well, a big po- problem. Politics, Not the only problem, but a poli- problem. Politics does groom people that are sort of very careful about preserving their power. I yeah, mean, I suppose that that's a- true. Can I can I ask you guys something? Um, Fire away. The like I I hear, you know, uh, like we can depend on the youth and and uh, we like it like um, we we need like like stuff like that. When did people start saying that? I don't know. <laughs> like like Sue, it. how how far back can you remember hearing someone like someone don't saying trust like anybody over No, no, no. I'm not saying don't that that I understand. That that is I mean, as someone over 30, I completely agree. But um the but like we need the 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 sense of we need to depend on the youth. It seems like that is a more recent thing that people have started to say, and the and that I I actually take a lot of issue with that because if you're saying we need to depend on the youth, then you need to give them the power to do things. But it's it it seems like an excuse 
because they need to take the power. Nobody ever gives you power. You have to take well, if it. You, yeah. If someone is saying we need to depend on the youth, then they need to follow that up with action. And be, because they don't, that means that they don't care. I that think means that no, no, think, no, no, no. It means that if you are saying we need to depend on these people, you are put one, you're putting yeah. the power that you have, the responsibility that you have, not you specifically. I'm just saying in no, general. But the, I the people that the people that are saying that, especially the people with power saying we need to depend on the youth, they are not allowing the youth to do anything, and they are putting the responsibility that they have, that they should be using on people who are still growing up and i and people say that about teenagers and yeah. people in their early 20s and even even like yeah. preteens and as because, greta thunberg had said in a, that speech one of those electrifying speeches she gave you know how dare you i'm a child you grown exactly. up just created this problem it's up to you to fix it exactly by the time I'm a, I'm a grown-up it's too late you know you're killing us the people, How dare you? Yeah. the people that have made the problem, that have had been stewards of the of the these issues for the past like fifty years, the people in power that have held on to power like a dog with a bone, now they're saying we need to depend on the youth instead of saying, well, we screwed everything up in the eighties, so let's try to try to do something now. We did Honestly, a lot of coke. Sorry about that. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, thinking about what you about what you're saying, um, I think I first started to hear that when I was in my 20s, uh, back in the 90s during the Clinton administration. There it is, yeah. And I think specifically, it wasn't that like you know, oh, we've got to like young people have to like take over all the institutions of political power. Um, it may have well become of that, but I think it started with just the idea that like you know. The younger generations coming up are, you know, a, a large, you know, are demographically large and they are going to be more liberal on a number of important issues than older generations. You know, uh, uh, people under 40 are much more sympathetic to gay rights than people over 40. They mm -hmm. are, you know, more opposed to racism, grading on a curve. But still, you know, <laughs> like like there's more anti-racist uh, 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 thought or more more interest in, in fighting racism uh, in the younger generations. And, you know, uh, uh, the, the people who grew up being, ra you know, watching stuff like Sesame Street, and Mr. Rogers, that's had an effect on them, you know. And so there are more people who give a crap about fairness and you know, sharing and, you know, those communal values that help make a society actually function. And, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that was me. That, that was my right. generation. Right. Mine too. You know, yeah. and like, that's really important and, and absolutely true. But at the same time, um, that's only going to work as, um, you know, if there's a lot of engagement from younger voters, who actually then vote and, you know, uh, put in place people who are going to carry out policies like that. And uh, there was a moment where it seemed like, oh, maybe this is maybe it's actually happening and it's going to work. And that was uh, 2008. And, um, you know, we've talked more. We've talked before about Barack Obama. And, you know, if uh, if the Republican Party had leaned into it 
and accepted that while he was calling himself a Democrat, he was really, you know, the next Dwight Eisenhower or whatever, then it things would be so much better now. You know, because it's like, well, OK, fine. You know, the, sh the, mm. the, the, the ship of culture and society is slowly turning in this way. And that's OK. But no. Uh, uh, yeah. The, the, the biggest I, issue I, that I that I have with with that saying is that the like I said, the people that could affect change are saying, well, you know, we we will depend on the on the next generation. They're they they are hungry. They'll they have the energy, you know, but they're not but they're just stuck. They're not doing anything and they're not leaving. They need to leave. You're 80, you're 90. Leave, please. Sue, what were you Careful saying? Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm talking push, about I'm people pushing. in in I'm talking about people in my are, position. Are you in, if you were yep. in Congress since your twenties, then I would be yelling I'd at be, you specifically. Yes. I'd, not, I'd be so. burning some bridges at this point. I'd you know, I'd say, Hey, I've done my time, I can burn a few bridges. Yeah. So in a historical context, the reason I say that I, I depend on the youth because I'm a child of the 60s and we thought everything was just fine, right? <laughs> we thought everything needed to be burned down. We need to burn down the Congress and throw out the president. But I, I really think there's a difference here in what I was saying, as in we have to depend on the youth. When John Kennedy was elected, everybody's mm. like, okay, finally we're in charge. And when Bill Clinton was elected, it was a whole youth. I mean, he was the next generation. He was going to do it differently. When Obama was elected, this was the new guard. Okay, it's our turn. You know, you could feel yeah. the youth sort of own that. And I think, I think it is. It ebbs and flows. I think, I think you've, you're onto something. So whoever follows Biden better be, you know, sort of the next generation, or we're not going to, we're not going to move fast enough. That's for a lot I want of this. President to be like fifty. I want the next oh, person to go. be like 50. I don't care. Like, I, I don't want 40. another octogenarian I in, completely, the, in the goddamn White House. I completely they agree. Have to be 45? They have to be 45, right? I think. 35. 35. They have to be 35. Oh, and a, 35. Yeah. They only have to be 35 and, and born, uh, they, born, born in the here. U.S. Naturalized citizen, yeah. Halfway through yeah. life's journey. Anyway, we've uh, well, actually know, a, managed to hit the halfway point of the... Can I do a quick good note? So Navarro, who who ignored Peter subpoenas, Navarro. I mean, mm -hmm. Peter Navarro, Merrick Garland, actually, they've been charged. He and another guy have been charged for ignoring subpoenas, and they, they're going to get some, they may get some time out of this. I mean, that's, I mean, Merrick Garland moves very slow, and he's my vintage, right? But, you know, at least finally, this, you know, the, 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 the boom has fallen on him, so we'll see what happens with that. So I think that's a good thing. Anyway. Yeah, apparently he's ha he has to dip into his uh his retirement account to pay for lawyers, which makes me happy. That it is a good thing that uh, the Justice Department is moving to enforce those congressional subpoenas. It's a pity they've decided not to enforce other ones against, say, Mark Meadows and so forth. But yeah. Anyway, we do need to take our mid show break right now, so we're going to do that. We're going to play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs, and we'll be back with more civil politics and here on Valley Free Radio in just a couple of minutes. Please don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player. 
each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. Tune in to Evidence-Based Radio, science and skepticism from a feminist and socialist perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we are back with civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm still doing the show with Sue Timberlake and John Roberts. And uh, hey there. <laughs> that's me. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so we've been talking about how the federal government, especially, uh, but you know, it's a problem, I think, across the country at all governmental levels to varying degrees, um, has not been. Uh, hasn't been properly responsive to the, the, the crises of the moment recently and um, uh, isn't doing a good job of meeting the, the, the new demands of the American people. Um, and I don't see any clearer example of this than the issue of gun control. <clears throat> um, as we're recording this, it's been what, a little, little under two weeks since the horrific murders at the uh was it Cobb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Just I you know um there's there's uh uh if you have a strong stomach you can uh check out some of the uh, congressional testimony that uh uh a little girl who survived the massacre uh gave for example or oh, the pe- the pediatrician who uh, oh, yeah. you know, went and was basically helping to clean up the, 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 the bodies of the victims. And 
uh, yeah, it's, I'm not going to go into, into details, but it's, it's truly horrifying. Just it's gruesome. It's, it's gruesome how, uh, you know, well, the AR-15 is, is a, uh, uh, doesn't have the full auto fire features of the M-16, but it's basically the same weapon that the U.S. Army has been using for a long time to kill our enemies, uh, you know, in war. And it's, it's very good at doing that. Uh, for a variety of reasons. And one of them is it leaves horrific wounds. And, um, you know, it, it, it's bad enough when it's, when it's used on the battlefield against adults who have, you know, in armored vehicles and whatnot, but against, you know, little children up close, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, t- it's, it, the, Matthew McConaughey's press conference, I think, really captures it. Uh, like that is worth watching if you want to see uh, him talking because he grew up in Uvalde. So like, really? I think he, yes, and he's he, from Uvalde. And he has guns. Oof. And yeah. I, think he, I think he knew some of the families beforehand, but he certainly, he and his wife went down there to reconnect because, you know, it's his community. Yeah, even if he didn't know any of the families that were directly affected, you know, he certainly, you know, like he knew people who taught at that school and so forth. So he went down to connect and to speak for them. And, you know, there's one point where he, he talks about one of the little girls who's there who just, it's heartbreaking, but he says like, you know, like if he weren't, she wasn't wearing those, you know, her special favorite shoes, they wouldn't have been able to tell it was her. Yeah. It's so, yeah. Sorry. So definitely yeah. worth watching. Well, we still, Go ahead. We still, we still don't have a timeline for what actually happened, you know, where the police were, the phone calls that came in and a lot of stonewalling going on. And didn't the Department of Justice just assign somebody to it to try and sort out what in the world happened? Because the, even the mayor of Uvalde is saying he can't get any info from the police. The police are telling him it's a police matter and that he doesn't need to have the Gee. info. So, my, my so he called the FBI or yeah, DOJ. Golly G. My understanding is the Justice Department currently plans to uh, review uh, the investigation that the state of Texas conducts because it is technically the the, the uh, federal government doesn't technically have any jurisdiction at the moment um, because it's it's a it's a state crimes, you know, on state property or, you know, within the state. You know, there's no. Uh, uh, the federal government's authority is, you know, constrained by the Constitution, so they can't just sort of go in and 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 uh, take over without, I think, being invited or or invoking some other matter of federal law that they would were, give them jurisdiction. They were invited by the mayor. I think that was the the tipping point when the mayor yeah. said yes, please, and they said okay. Yeah, yeah, so, and that and I and that may do it. I'm not. I'm certainly not a legal expert on that point, but. Yeah. It's 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 but, really go ahead. Sorry. Well, and the question is, is it good or not to have the federal government do an over oversight of it? I, you know, I guess I think it's good. I mean, I feel like nothing's happening, so it seems good. But in this maybe case, it's yeah. not good. Maybe it'll just make it worse because it'll just be one more set of, you know, how bureaucrats. How would it make it worse? Good point. I mean, that's what I feel is it couldn't be any worse than it already is. Well, this is this is the time when the federal when federal investigators should be stepping in 
when nothing makes sense when this when the state officials are are don't even know what's going on when local law enforcement is stonewalling or or not giving appropriate answers or something like this is this is when you have federal investigators come in and say okay we are not connected to this whatsoever yeah so we are like an independent investigation but right now the um it's it's just a jumble you know it does seem like there's a lot of butt covering happening um with (laughs) You know, the way that the governor, the, Governor Abbott went right down there to immediately give a press conference and and so forth. Yeah. And yeah. Um, uh, I think part of the issue also is the, um, you know, the chief of police has actually just been put on the city council in Uvalde. And I guess there's some shenanigans involved with that. Obviously, if the, the, the chief of police apparently has uh, reasons to uh, cover his tracks, and I think that uh, butt covering, as it were, indeed, it does seem like that. <laughs> did like, you did you hear that all the uh, rear deflector shields are on back order? I guess it's part <laughs> of the the workflow. Never mind. Sorry. Okay. Oh, sir. Um, <laughs> oh, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate a little Star Trek humor, but yeah. But well, um, uh, well, actually, one of the I think one of the reasons why is. Um, uh, I think they're they're perhaps worried about uh, lawsuits and maybe even prosecution. Though I guess that would be pretty difficult. Uh, John, you actually mentioned a, um, uh, a a video you'd seen of the of the YouTube channel, the Legal Eagle. I think talking about this. Fantastic. Yeah, um, Legal Eagle Fantastic. is a is a lawyer on YouTube. He goes into different topics and explains the actual case law uh, regarding like um, different things. And he talked about. Uh, duty to protect um, by government officials uh, and the case law that that has gone to the Supreme Court, um, which, you know, they've said, no, the the state doesn't have a duty to protect uh, private citizens because, you know, the like they're the the police are agents of the state or, you know, the state, meaning the government, like local state federal whatever they they protect the they are agents of the state they are supposed to protect the um the state not and the and uphold laws they have a duty to the public but not to any particular people exactly uh there were there's there have been multiple instances where people have said like why aren't why aren't you the police doing this thing that will protect these people and they don't have to there might be yeah unless there are local laws on the books the usually there are not unless there are local laws or state laws that say that police have to pr- have a duty to protect then they can't be sued they can't there are no legal recourses to um to prosecute or to sue civilly sue these people it's because they they don't have to there might be policy good like department departmental policy but that's not Northampton. enforceable yep. expected to yeah, yeah. that's expected, expected to, to. But, yeah is yeah. that the is that yeah. what you learned um yes yeah, yeah. Ex- it's expectation and there's no if if it's a judgment call so say there's this active shooter and they're not letting parents go in you know, you might argue that's the police judgment that it's not safe for the parents to go in. Yeah. And if it's if it's a judgment, then the police really aren't, you know, it's because they have to make, quote, snap 
you know, snap decisions. But boy, Uvalde really brought that to the fore because yeah, was it sure 70, 70 minutes yeah. and nobody hey, went in? I agree that the parents should not have gone into the the school. That that would have been I, – I, I, don't, I don't know what would have happened then. That would have been well, you know, one even of the worse, I think. Parents did. Yes, one, you know, the, one woman one did and actually got both her kids out. Really? Kids. Yeah. Jeez. While the yeah. cops were still standing around. If there and was shots they were being handcuffed fired. her. Yeah. They handcuffed her. Of course and they then did. another yeah. policeman from Uvalde came over because Homeland Security had, had handcuffed her. And the Uvalde policeman said, let her go. And she went over behind all the parents and snuck around the fence and went and got her two kids out. So. Yeah. Yeah. But if there was a, like a mass of parents like rushing into the school, like that's. Like that's that's us. Like one one parent who was well, smart enough to do that, uh, as opposed to like a bunch of parents that are I, like, yeah. But that's not even the point. That's the, we're we're getting right, off topic. Right. Well, here. I mean, yeah. I think the, um, the, the the logic of we don't want more potential victims to, to go into into, exactly. into in there. But you know the the police the police who are armed and trained and wearing body armor didn't act either. And that I agree. And yeah. and 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 I think part of the point is, um, if I remember correctly, because they talked about this a bit, uh, Andrew talked about this on opening arguments, um, the Supreme Court, I don't remember the name of the case, but it was the Supreme Court ruling on the application of a state law in Colorado. So it's not that there's a federal statute at issue. So any state could pass a law. Massachusetts could pass a law saying the cops have a duty to protect people in situations like that. Yes. Uh, they I don't think we have that, but we could. No. <laughs> I don't believe we do, but yes, we could do that. Um and I, I was this genre, is a, could like I, when I, I was talking about I was talking about like constitutionally. Um oh, but yeah, uh, what yeah. was that Sue? So I was saying that I um sent a quick note to the um police chief of Northampton, just to have a sense of what it was here. And oh, she said Chief that Casper, it's, she's been a guest on our show a couple of times. We should have her back. Yeah. And she said mm -hmm. it's absent. I have an email, but it's not, we didn't mm -hmm. flesh it out as fully as you and I, we all are talking about it, but mm -hmm. she said, it's really an expectation, expectation that the police will go in. And that means that it's not a requirement. And I think it's because it's subject to their judgment of, you know, what's safe to do and what, what's the most effective and, um, what did they say about the guys in Uvalde that they thought it was a barricaded um, hostage taker, even though there yeah, were they didn't know was... they they were assuming <laughs> that it was a hostage situation that shots were not going to be continually fired. So that's why they were waiting. Well, but I, it was not. That's I want to I want to yeah. push I want to push back just to the extent that like that's what they say they thought. Yeah, given they, that we yeah. know they've lied about things. I don't think we can take them at their word, even on that. It may be well, true, but I don't think we should rely gunshot. on their word. Well, and we have actual proof because there were gunshots heard in the background of a little kiddo calling in right in that window where she was asking for the police to, to come help them. And yeah. the dispatcher could hear shots, which means the cops outside the, the in the hallway could hear shots. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, there's I, no way their story is true. At this point, who knows? We don't know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I will be, uh, I know we went off like on this, but we, I will be posting that video in the show notes, go to civilpoliticsradio.com. Just look for this show. Uh, mm -hmm. and, um, you'll the, be able the legal, to watch legal it video talking. Yeah. About, the legal yeah. eagle video on, on the, uh, constitutionality of the duty to protect. And if yeah. we can expect the police to do that or 
and more importantly, not expect the police to do that. But if there is legal recourse, if the police do not do that, that's that is the that is the rub right there. Like, can no. you sue the police department or something if they don't do from- if they don't do that? And that's not their job. So that that's the uh, like legally nationally that is that is the thing like i said there might be wherever you are there might be local ordinances or um or state Policy laws that might i don't i don't i'm not a, like a law doctor or anything i don't know no. but um town ordinance town ordinance <laughs> yeah it, 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 it really depends like um but uh getting back to just um we were talking about gun control um the house passed a gun control bill uh like i think today um the ninth uh and the day before the show airs yeah yes mm-hmm. uh 223 to 204 mainly along party lines five republicans joining um but two democrats not uh they uh it was the protecting our kids act and mm. part of it was you can't buy an assault weapon until you're 21 and you can't um and it it would be illegal to sell clips with more than that would hold more than fifteen rounds. Mm. Uh, that is not going to pass anything. That is not going to pass the House. I mean the the Senate, obviously, because we still have a filibuster. So, like everything, which is know. more important mm. than dealing with this ongoing horrific crisis yeah. of of gun violence they really yeah yeah they could just make it they can always make exceptions for specific votes like but they don't yeah it's this is this Mm -hmm. is them choosing not to not to be functional i also i just want to and i think i can i uh uh, i think i can find find a link to throw up in the show notes too from i think c-span but uh uh uh, congress uh representative katie porter of california uh was questioning someone uh some people i think someone from the NRA and someone from another group. I'm not sure which one uh, off the top of my head. But anyway, she was talking to some people, uh, uh, questioning some people in a house hearing. And one of the things she was pointing out in her questions that she was getting at was that uh, because of laws that have been passed by Congress, uh, gun manufacturers are protected from uh, consumer protection laws. So that, you know, as she pointed out, when a little child was accidentally killed by a Peloton treadmill last year, the Consumer Product Safety Commission was able to recall them and have the defect fixed. But uh, guns that have problems with accidental discharge or whatever, which happens all the time, both to adults and children, uh, you know, there's no recourse for somebody to sue uh, for damages or to, for the government to force them to recall and fix uh, safety issues and other things that are make them technically defective products. So even if they're manufactured, you know, even if they're being functioning as intended, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, public safety, I think there are definitely arguments that could be made. And, you know, this this is this is what we aren't getting. This is what we aren't getting because the, you know, Republican Party is, you know, absolutely standing up against this. And there aren't enough Democrats willing to band together and say, no, we're going to fix this anyways. It's very frustrating. And there aren't you enough Democrats that will that can figure out how to force the other Democrats to to vote that way, because 
That is what the Republicans do. They force their members to go a certain way. Yeah. They don't exert enough control over their party. There are a few Democrats in the pocket of the NRA also. Do you guys remember when Parkland happened and they had the big initiative and Florida actually passed red flag laws? They changed the age to 21. They did all the stuff. Florida, no less, yeah. did all the things you'd want. You know, it was sort of amazing that they, um, the, the, in that case, I think some of the pressure was from students who were there. But, you know, a very conservative state, and, um, and you know, they did, the, they did the right thing. So we'll see if, if our uh, federal they were government forced can to do, do the it. right thing. Let's, well, that, they were that forced. Is- that's quite often how one gets government to do things. Uh, certainly, with the representative we have. Yeah, also, I just, I just want to make sure that that we say yeah. like they, it wasn't like Florida was about to do this anyway. That's true. No. Uh, it, let, let's not no, give them important. credit where they don't also, deserve. How it. much of that was legislation passed by their legislature, and how much of that was a ballot initiative? Um, oh, I don't know. Because I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it passed pretty quick, so I don't think it was in time for a ballot initiative. But mm. I don't know for sure. Um, by the way, in Florida, <laughs> speaking of Florida, you know who Ron DeSantis is, right? He's the governor. Of yes, Florida. indeed. Mm-hmm. And do you remember the guy named um, Christie? I can't think. It of was uh, Chris Christie. The legislature passed no. that law, by the way. Oh, okay. Thank you. Oh, John. they did. Yeah, they did that themselves. Well, anyway, the fellow who was a Republican <laughs> and the governor of Florida is now in the Democratic Party, and he's sort of a um, old-fashioned Republican, and he's two points ahead of Ron DeSantis at the moment. Oh, for ah. running for governor? I didn't realize Mr. DeSantis yeah. was up for re-election this year. Well, good. Yeah, What? Who? Who? what's the guy's name? If I said it, you guys would know him in a minute. I was going to say Gray, but that was the guy in California. The previous fellow I can remember was Tim Scott, who's now the senator from Florida. Yeah, that was the the governor before DeSantis. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, Oh, shoot. I'm so sorry that I can't think of the name. I can look it up and and we can. Yeah, but he's he's a couple of points ahead of DeSantis. People can't believe it. So – it, and he's sort of making a comeback. He was sort of run out on energy policy. You know, it was, they sort of did a little coup down there Charlie and got rid of him. Charlie, Charlie Chris. Chris. Oh. Yeah, he's he's like two points ahead or tied neck and neck with DeSantis. It's it's pretty cool because DeSantis, if he doesn't, you know, he's got was it two years to to make his legacy for running for president. So, yeah. but they're saying that he's he's got a good run on his hands, which is great. And Florida's a funny state because you know all the northerners that live down there you know it's half redneck and half you know retirees from yeah the northeast so oh and i like uh, speaking of florida just as a little sort of aside did you see that um governor DeSantis's uh uh chief spokesperson uh i can't remember the woman's name but she uh 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 abruptly registered as a uh, a foreign agent she uh, uh works oh, for, wow. she works for the government of, of uh the, the nation of Georgia. So she actually is a sort of a representative of uh Shalakashvili. Um but apparently the oh, FBI well, was like, asking questions and she she uh uh you know quickly quickly registered. Yes <laughs> to cover her butt. Yep. So uh, butt well, you know, that right now. It's great. Putin must realize that DeSantis is the heir apparent, so he's he wanted to get his oar in the water over there. Well, one of so, them, anyways. Well, he, 
He's yeah, probably looking Charlie at him Chris and Greg Abbott. Prevailed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Debbie Wasserman and Schultz actually uh, just endorsed um, uh, Charlie Chris run for, for governor. Oh, isn't that funny? Well, she heard he was ahead, so you know how politicians are. <laughs> yeah, well, we do. That's the issue. That's the, I mean, uh, she's from Florida. Really backing That's the winner right. is uh, is often better than backing <laughs> the loser. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the <laughs> like gun gun Guns? control is not going to happen. There there's going to be like a weak um senate proposal that that'll just pass the house because and then we might have like expanded background checks or something or or like getting rid of ghost guns or something like that as a law and that you know, would actually you know be progress gonna, so i mean i'll, you know I'll what take they're gonna it do? They, i guess they won't do either they won't do either of those two but what they will huh. do i think is they're not going to do, they're not backing red flag laws. The language says something like, we will write grants and create subsidies for states that look into creating red flag laws. Yeah, yeah. that sounds more like it. Uh, that's my party. <laughs> and uh, there, and then Mitch McConnell is up on, like, is really hot on passing the, uh, the, the amendment that will give uh, the Supreme Court the, um, the like justices uh, and their immediate family, like uh, round the clock protection. protection. You know, I yeah. I I agree with the uh, uh, the esteemed uh, legal expert Patton Oswalt, who pointed out that maybe the issue is that uh, there's too many doors in the homes of these Supreme Court justices. That mm. maybe they should have one door. <laughs> And it should be heavily secured and that everyone in the family should be armed at all times. And that, and that's a really good. And also you can depend on the police to the protect you. Yeah. Right. If there's a, if there's someone that's going to hurt you, then you should be able to call the police and they should come right over and help you out. Right. Right. Like everybody else. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I mean, it, 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 this is the law that they're really, really hot on and not, trying yeah. to protect children yeah it's really i and i understand that, that i mean there was a threat on um justice kavanaugh kavanaugh yeah yeah uh kavanaugh's life um someone actually had a gun and zip ties and stuff and they called nine one one and said i think i'm going to do something bad so the police came and arrested them like they called them they called good. it on themselves which good. is good so is that a a left-wing terrorist that couldn't quite go through with it and just apparently like, just folded. I mean, I, I'm yep. guessing he would be be lefty. <laughs> he would, he said that he was well, upset was, about about pro-abortion. Wade. He he said it was about, yeah. uh, upset about the the yeah. possible opinion. I so yeah. I gotta say I'm I'm always pleased when York acts of lost. terrorism don't happen, but. You know, I'm certainly not a fan of Justice Kavanaugh. But. Yeah, but he shouldn't, but, you know, but, die. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd prefer him not to be murdered in his home. Yeah, but he should be able to Supreme depend on the, the the police to protect him, like the rest of us. Uh, quite so. <laughs> quite so. And, <laughs> and, what, uh, and he's got all those empty beer tonight. cans to throw. <laughs> oh, Michael. Oh, oh Michael Dow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I ruined the whole civil thing right at the end. I apologize. Mm. I think we shouldn't publish the addresses of schools so the terrorists won't know where they are. So. Right. 
We shouldn't <laughs> let anybody know where the schools are. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus Christ, you guys. <laughs> oh my god. Watch that. <laughs> I hope everybody Honestly, watches the, uh, the discussion I, I, of January yeah. 6th, by the way. By the yes, time yes. this show airs, you will have seen it. Please watch it. Yeah, so, absolutely. And all the and series I, I, that follows. I imagine we'll have things to talk about it with next week. So, yeah. Anyway, we should end it here because I, I hear the music and um, we could babble on forever, but our listeners probably have other things to do. So, and certainly the station does. So thanks, Jamra. Thanks, Sue. This is going to wrap it up for Civil Politics Night here on Valley Free Radio. Coming up next is Subculture, followed by Table of Contents at 10 and OK Asia at midnight. There'll be a podcast of this show out in the services uh whatever one you want to use to listen to it early Monday morning. And we have a repeat broadcast airing at 4 p.m. on uh, Monday on Monday afternoon. So I hope you're listening to us then. And thanks very much. That's all for now. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.